Welcome, bienvenidos, to Life is Inquiry, a podcast to carry the legacy of my mystical, scholarly teacher, Jim Dixon. Every other week, you can expect to hear thought-provoking reflections of Jim's discernments and writings that have the magical effect of taking us from anxiety to equanimity with an honest inquiry of life. I am your host, Cristina Trujillo, honoring Jim's last incarnate wish to produce this podcast, to share the wealth of knowledge and wisdom he left me with. When the sun rises and my consciousness returns from my noisy nighttime adventures, I sometimes can sense my loved one's essence, like morning whispers. David, Tio Carlos, Primo Alex, Lily, Janet, Elvis, and Jim. In that order, all have transitioned during my lifetime. And the toughest challenge has been experiencing them in their infinite form. So today, as we wrap up 2020, I am dedicating this episode to Jim and all my beloveds that have transitioned. I'm also dedicating this last episode of the year to everyone that has lost a beloved. Grief is an unwanted visitor that overstays its unexpected visit. So if you are grieving, please know you are not alone. On this episode, we get to hear paragraphs 13 and 14 from Choice and Experience by Jim Dixon read so beautifully by Casimiro Yamas Jr. I got to chat with Casimiro after his reading, so stay tuned to hear his meaningful feedback and takeaways from the reading. So now, without further ado, here is Casimiro. The charioteers, shepherds, directors are not one, but potentially many. Even if they are fixed on one set of priorities, one vision of attainment, they often lack the persistence to keep the wayward sheep in their fold, to keep the team advancing toward its destination. In fact, this administrative eye seems to come into consciousness only when the subset eye thoughts are in friction or dissatisfied with or dubious about their ability or inclination to continue toward, reach their projected goals and ends, in completion. When we have slipped into the oblivion of habit, or are engaged in the present, these eyes, underling and administrator alike, are absent. There's no one to create a distinction between doing and doer. An idealist is necessarily someone who has not learned to live in the present, or a present perceived only in as much as there is need to envision its correction. The administrator, organizer, censor is not only an idealist or anti-idealist, but inevitably an idolater, an entity fixated on ends, means, consequences. This overreaching I-thought is the regulator, the opposing voice to the numerous wants and desires of its resistant components. These resistances 
must be herded toward higher goods, greater and more fulfilling pleasures. I want a snack must be countered by, don't spoil your dinner, or you'll get fatter, or a formula for arterial sclerosis, or do you like feeling lonely? Do you, as the undesirable thing you are about to become, want to live your life and die alone? Is each of these encapsulations of the lower wants and desires by the higher eye part of an endless progression? Is there an end to the eyes and their underlying motives that must be invoked to approximate the ideal? Is not the dilatory often altogether absent, often ineffectual, overseer in need of being reminded, prodded, recalled, revised, reinvigorated? Is this not how the idea of the world develops and comes into play? What new taskmaster can be found to make the overseer oversee? Is not such an impetus needed for the realization of what we commonly call will? Or is this intimate regress of seeking a means only the rediscovery, time and time again, of the content, shape, of the most prevalent eye, the most frequent movement, reaction, among competing but not equal wants, ambitions, idols? So that was Casamiro Llamas Jr. reading paragraphs 14 and 15 from Choice and Experience. So a little bit about Casamiro who volunteered for this labor of love. Casamiro grew up in Mendota, California, a small farming town near Fresno, and I got to meet him and his lovely wife and family and son Xavier uh, when our our uh, boys, now young adults, uh, were in middle school in Oakland. They uh, were both in, at Westlake in Oakland, so for all y'all in Oakland, I'm sure you know where Westlake Middle School is. Anyhow, ever since I met Casamiro, Roxanne, and Xavier, I I knew that they would be friends for life. And sure enough, here we are, several years later, collaborating on a very special project. So unfortunately, uh, you won't be able to hear the actual conversation that I had with my friend uh, due to audio issues that we had with um, the platform we were, u- were using. So I'll do my best to try to summarize uh, our very thought-provoking conversation. When I meet with my readers, I let them know that it is unscripted and the because the purpose is to go with the flow so that we can really capture the essence of the reading and and the truth that came out uh, or what resonated right with the readers. And so I like to just go with the flow and have no expectation because I tend to come out very surprised and enchanted after uh, meeting with my readers, my friends, after, you know, after they've recorded. 
And so a little bit more of Casamiro. He is a fashion designer. He has been working as a production manager for the apparel industry for for seven years. Uh, he lived in the Bay Area for 11 years, which is when I met him. And he's actually back in Fresno. So uh, we're happy that all of the production can be done remotely. So anyhow, I got to pick his brain about the podcast and also about, you know, how it, it related to him. And so here are some tidbits that I got. Again, I'm just summarizing. So I hope to do him justice. <laughs> so the first thing that came up was that um, when I was asking him, well, when I asked him about you know, what the reading meant to him or what resonated, uh, he mentioned the theme about being present versus the ideal. And so the way he puts it is that he says that the main th- the main thing uh, Casamiro got was being in the present versus being an idealist. So, uh, for example, being in the present uh, is mainly focusing on the moment at hand, right? Which contradicts the idealist mindset. You know, the, the, the mindset that's always thinking of the what ifs, right? Or the this would be better if, if I, I would be happier if. So that chattery mind of ours that uh, tends to focus on the ideal moment versus the present moment. And that's what that's the main theme that came up for Casamiro uh, when when he read paragraphs 14 and 15. Uh, Casamiro also says that you know, being in the present uh, lets us focus on the things that, you know, we're currently doing um, or currently have and really sinking into it, being with it, right? Um, where there is no forethought or focusing on the things that happened before. It's just living right now as we are. That is literally a quote from Casamiro. You know, he mentioned that it's, it's truly just living right now as we are. And I just love that. When he mentioned it, I just closed my eyes and took it in. Um, and so, yeah, and so when he mentioned this, actually, it reminded me of how often we experience disappointment. And this came up for both of us in this discussion, how when we resist the present, that's when we experience disappointment and heartbreak. You know, it's, it stirs up inside of us. Um, and as Casamiros mentioned, it's like we internalize it, right? Because we're resisting the present because it's not the quote-unquote ideal, right? So Casamiro also shared that focusing on the present means acknowledging what you are doing right here, right now, and nothing more. So for him, it meant being present with me at that time of our debrief of the reading of Choice and Experience and not having to think about what was next on his to-do list. And he, so he believes that the go, 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 go mentality strays us from the present. And also Casamiro suggests finding your thing, you know, the thing that gets you centered. For him, it means breathing 
and reminding himself to observe his environment and looking around the room and noticing what there is. Um, that tends to ground him back to, to the present moment. And also pardoning himself. And so he suggests pardoning yourself, ourselves, um, you know, because we're not going to be perfect at being present all the time. So he beautifully stated, give yourself the grace that you are not going to be 100% always in the present. I love that. That also very much um, resonated with me. Definitely took it in and I hope you're taking it in as well. It's, it's very important to have grace for ourselves because I'm sure we, you know, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're often sharing it, sharing your grace with others. Similarly, um, this theme of being present uh, versus, you know, st struggling with the ideal uh, reminded me, oh, and also what came up for Casamiro about the go-go-go mentality reminded me of, you know, something that came up when um, Anais, who is the reader for episode six, we also discussed the go, go, go mentality, like the hustler mentality, right? We're always hustling. We're always busy, busy going. And that was something that Jim absolutely noticed in me. I was frequently on the go. And yeah, and so it's like when you're constantly going, when you're constantly thinking of, okay, what's what's next on my to-do? I, I think I mentioned to Casamiro how it reminded me I felt like I was like rabbit from Winnie the Pooh uh, and just really busy, always going, always trying to do, get something done. And Jim had the perfect time, it's like perfect timing, even though at the time it didn't feel perfect to me because I was running to take care of my next to do. And Jim would stop me for a discernment. Um, he would literally force me to make time. <laughs> so um, I love that. I'm never going to forget that. And also one, another thing that came up during my discussion with Casamiro was that his feedback also reminded me of the importance of being present with people. As he mentioned to me when we were discussing this, he was just present with me having this discussion, going with the flow of the discussion. And that also reminded me of um, one thing that... Jim taught me it's like it's this mind hack to to be able to facilitate grief right it's hard to say to deal with grief because it's just so it's just such a monster but when my my furry baby of 13 years my Elvis when my dog Elvis passed away who Jim knew <laughs> um it was so heartbreaking for me. So if you've ever had a dog, you know the heartache that comes with losing our little furry babies. And this actually happened a few a few months before Jim actually passed away. So in some ways, I feel that Jim was preparing me, even subconsciously, for his own transition. But Jim did tell me that when I close my eyes, think about Elvis because the mind doesn't know the difference of not having him there. And when now when I think back on my time with Jim, I used to practice so much presence and just being there with him, being very attentive, that 
when I now close my eyes, I can see him so clearly. I can see his blue eyes. I can see, you know, his his face. I can even smell him, which is crazy. <laughs> but I can. And I think it's because I was very intentionally present with him. And of course, when he started feeling ill and he would come to me and, and, and share how he was feeling, I... I, I knew that I, I had to be even more attentive, right? Um, so being present does give us the gift of being present in the moment. But I also realized that being present with our loved ones, it also gives us that gift of being able to remember them so clearly, so beautifully, so intact um, you know, should we suffer the misfortune of losing them in, you know, in the future? And so, you know, I started this particular episode by dedicating it to our beloveds that have transitioned. I like to use the word transition better than death because it's just easier on my heart. And so I hope, um, I hope that that feels good for everyone as well. Uh, I also know that words are very important. And speaking of words, <laughs> Casamiro did say, I, I asked him, you know, what his first reaction was with the reading. And he, he did say that, he mentioned that it was, the reading was, you know, scholarly, right? It reminded him of body, uh, like literature of, that, you know, you would read and analyze you know, like scholarly literature that you read and analyze and that it's heavy. However, when you do, you know, dive into it and you start reading it and you start to digest it, it it does have an effect. And so that this was the effect that it had on Casamiro to remind him, you know, to be present um, and to take note of the opposite, which is the ideal when we're resisting the present moment because we want the ideal lifestyle. And of course, Casamiro went further on to share what that ideal meant for him when he was a kid and he had the ideal of, you know, who he was going to be in terms of a job, in terms of, you know, the timeline. He had this ideal and how that felt for him when things perhaps didn't manifest you know, on that timeline, you know, that he I, he wanted or he had I, idealized for himself. But, you know, now he realizes that everything had to unfold on its own time in its own way, and he wouldn't change anything. And I think that that's the beauty, actually, of, you know, having the fortune of, of life, right? The, the, more life that we have, the older that we get. I think that that's definitely one realization that a lot of us do come to 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 experience, the realization that we actually wouldn't change anything, that everything, um, as hard as it was, unfolded quite perfectly. So Casamiro also mentioned that, um, you know, to let go of letting go of the ideal um, allows us, allows life to unfold and letting go of the ideal allows for more flexibility so that we are able to pivot and maneuver uh, the things that life throws at us. So yes, those are really great 
quotes from Casamiro. I love it. Um, yeah, so those were some key takeaways. I really um, hope that you enjoyed it. I always welcome guest readers. Um, all my guest readers are volunteers. I mean, this is pre- practically a all labor of love, volunteers doing this and keeping a very special being's presence in in you know, continuing, right? This is truly life after death. Uh, Jim didn't have um, an, a big family. And so I was very fortunate that he was my mentor and that he shared his essays and his writings with me. And he, he literally said, this is what, you know, I want, this is what I want to do is to share this. And um, through this podcast with me, you know, he he wanted this, and I'm so fortunate to be able to carry his legacy forward, especially because he didn't have um, kids, you know, he didn't have um, daughters, and he didn't end up having kids, so um, yeah, this, this means a lot, so uh, thank you for also, yeah, joining us and hearing this podcast, uh, so I hope that you all, you know, can be present and and also have that grace, as Samido mentioned, for yourselves when you're not, you know, present. And also, one more thing that I want to mention, Casamiro being a um, being in a fashion designer, I pointed out to Casamiro that he's also an artist, right? Because he's creating, and he mentioned that he gets his inspiration by from architecture, which is I found so fascinating, right? Because you know he gets inspiration from from structures, right? From, he's, he mentioned like the simple silhouettes, right? Uh, from structures. And it, I just found it so fascinating because then he's able to tr- transition that, right? into something more fluid, right? Like clothing. And so oh, I, I wish that you can hear Casamiro's voice as he explains this because it is fascinating. And it actually reminded me of Jim as Jim the landscaper because Jim was a very a respected I mean you can look him up and you'll see you'll even find an article of him on um, I think the New York Times but yeah he he was this landscaper and he actually wanted to teach people how to see and when I was talking to Casamiro about how he sees architecture to get inspired it really it truly truly reminded me of Jim and how he saw landscaping, right? And and how it is so important, you know, this notion of seeing, right? Because if you're not present, then you cannot see, right? And that's another theme that came up for us during our discussion, um, that, you know, what what is involved, right, in, in, you know, this inspiration that Casamiro gets from architecture is his ability to be present in the moment in order to see something. And he does say that when you, you know, when you're truly seeing something, you can be looking at the same thing that you've seen many, many times before. But when you're seeing it, you can actually see it from a different perspective. You perspective, you can see it differently. And when you when you do so, it actually becomes new to you. I thought that was absolutely fascinating. <laughs> it, it's truly, you know, 
this notion of boredom, right? Like, how can you get bored if you're in the present moment, right? You can actually see something differently and it becomes new. And we're habitual creatures. And so uh, if you want to experience something new, even an old, you know, environment, we definitely recommend that you put into practice being present and, and seeing something old for the very first time and letting us know, you know, drop us a comment, uh, send us a message and share with us what is something that you've seen many times before, but because you were in the present moment and you it's really seen it, you were able to see it differently. All right, y'all, have a wonderful New Year's Eve, a safe one. Stay safe, mask up, please. Not a lot of people are, are you know, very fortunate to have you know, good immune system. So please mask up. I've had a friend that has lost two family members this year. Um, and so on behalf of, you know, her heart, I want to leave everyone by saying to please take care, quarantine as much as possible, be more patient in 2021 so that we can, you know, joyfully experience 2021 without having so much heartache and pain from devastating losses. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been episode seven of Life is Inquiry. We have so far covered 15 paragraphs of Jim's essay, Choice and Experience. And we hope to be here again next year to complete the reading of this 85-page essay to carry the legacy of Jim Dixon. So you know what will help the podcast? Whatever app you're using right now to tune in, please make sure to click subscribe. That would be really helpful. You can also find us on Instagram at Life is in Korea to find us type underscores in between the words. This episode is brought to you by Rean Media Productions, original music and audio mastering by Aki Ihara, voice contributor Casamiro Yamas Jr.